Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 169. And tonight we're doing a recap of Welcome to Night Vale number 144, The Dreamer. Now, before we get started, hang on one second. Going all over the place. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's it's St. Patrick's Day today, so I have a Guinness, of course. Yes, and of course that's also what I'm drinking. Although I started before the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and it's way better to open these things over a sink because they do go everywhere. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It's okay. Anyway, so uh, this episode, I guess if you're going to sum it up, it's kind of a brief look at how the Blood Space War affects Night Vale, yeah. and it doesn't give us a lot of details, but it gives us. Just kind of an idea of what it feels to have people in Night Vale involved in the Blood Space War. And like a lot of Night Vale episodes, it's the fine details that are the fun parts, especially the the intro with Cecil announcing uh, Welcome to Night Vale. And it was, it's turtles all the way down, but man, it's kittens all the way up. (laughs) That needs to be a t-shirt. That is such a t-shirt moment. Oh, that's so cool. So we started out by saying, you know, there's going to be a uh, PTA bake sale and... It's mandatory, of course, but I love the fact that there's two government officials, and I don't know which government. They're from the world government or the Vague Medicine Government Agency or whatever. I think Cecil actually said that, you know, the Vague Menacing Secret Agency in cooperation with the secret police, in cooperation with the town council, I mean, just went on and on and on. So basically, every government organization is involved with this. Yes, and there were two uniformed scary-looking government officials who were telling everybody that they had to participate in this, and it started to devolve into them suggesting what to bring, and them getting really excited about those baking trays that makes brownies that are all edges, which, you know, I know there's a lot of people who like that, but I don't like the edges. I mean, I'll eat the edges of brownies, don't get me wrong, but the best part is the soft bit in the middle. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. I mean, I saw that the first time and thought, oh, that's kind of a clever idea. Is it really that important to have the edge? Apparently, there's a lot of people who really like the edges of brownies. I don't know. I don't judge you. I'll take a brownie no matter what, but I like the soft bit in the middle. But um, anyway, so then we went on from there to a report that 200 soldiers have died in one of the most recent skirmishes of the Blood Space War, recent being kind of a relative term, since nobody really knows where it's happening or when it's happening or even who we're fighting. Or why we're fighting or anything no. about it, except for the fact that people are dying? (laughs) That that seems to be the only thing that's a given. Yeah, and we know that two current residences of Night Vale were affected. There were two people specifically mentioned, but that doesn't become important until a little bit later. Right, right. What we do focus on first is the story of Eunomia. And Eunomia is a woman that lived uh, in Night Vale in the early 1800s, and she grew up with her family uh, planting invisible corn. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she also liked when the stars came out. And sometimes in late summer, she would actually lie down in the field of invisible corn, which I'm not exactly Mm -hmm. sure what that looks like because it's all invisible. And she would look at the stars and she would learn things about the stars until one day she disappeared and was never seen again. Yep. It was on her 17th birthday, never seen again, 
But they did, years and years and years later, recover her diary. And it's been kind of difficult for them to get all the information about the diary because it's in a library and a lot of researchers were killed and eaten by librarians before they could transcribe all of it. But they do have some information, including some of her entries where she was naming the stars in the sky and she's talking about a star named Wolfgang and how she figures that this isn't really a star, it's actually a vessel. And it was coming closer and then one day she said a man with a mirror for a face has come for me. And that's probably the, I think that was the last entry in the diary. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. and a a man with a mirror for a face. So astronaut then. Yes, exactly. Which we get confirmation on a little bit later. But Cecil breaks into that to talk about Pamela Winchell calling an emergency press conference. Did you think she sounded a little high? I was thinking she was altered for the whole thing. She was super enthused about everything. Just, man, (laughs) this is just so cool. Yeah, but there's something happening in the farmland of John Peters, you know, the the farmer. And she's saying how cool it is, but she also says it's incredibly dangerous, so whatever you do, don't come by here, but man, is it cool. But yeah, anyway, we um, went back to the story of Eunomia and they declared her dead and they had a service for her and that's where her family was saying how she was a lover of science and the congregation was appalled because they hadn't been aware she was a pagan. (laughs) But her father talked about how, no, this isn't a fringe religion and everything that Eunomia had taught him about the stars and astronomy and he said, I think science is neat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Yes. So, but they decided to give him a pass because obviously he's grieving, even though he's talking heresy. Yeah. Yeah. And a year later, I guess everything in Nightville had kind of gone back to normal, but we'll find out more about that later. Right now, we're going to talk about the traffic, which has got a young couple basically on their way to the hospital because she's about ready to have the baby like now. Yeah. And it's Christina and Ricardo Alphonse. And as they're dry, and I love that one bit where outwardly Christina is not panicking. Inwardly, she's panicking. And what, how did they describe how Ricardo was dealing with it? It said that inwardly he was calm. Outwardly, he was a blubbering mess. So yeah, <laughs> they're, they're kind of on the same page, just different chapters. But um, yeah, they're listening to a radio report as they're speeding into the hospital. Yeah, and it's the report about two Nightvale citizens who have died in the Blood Space War. And one of them is named Yasmin Alphonse. And Yasmin was the name they had picked for their daughter when their daughter is born. Yep. And... When she gave birth, you know, here her husband is thinking, oh, what a funny coincidence that that would happen. And the wife's like, I'm not really sure that's a coincidence. And after she gave birth, she planned on naming her daughter something different. But when the nurse needed to write the baby's name down, she said Yasmin because she wasn't able to say anything else. It was like it already happened. And we go back to the story of Eunomia and... A year after she had disappeared, suddenly an astronaut appears in Nightvale. Only nobody in the 1800s knew what an astronaut was. They just saw this puffy suited thing with a mirror for a face. Yep, and the mirror goes down and it's this skeletal, like, it's animated, but it's almost like a corpse walking around. I mean, the skin's almost gone, the hair's grown out all over the place, the eyes are wide and staring, and a woman in the crowd walks forward and looks at the face and says, Eunomia? And she says, Mother, and then crumbles to dust. 
oh man <laughs> it was i mean it's not unexpected we've heard stories like that before but it was incredibly well done yeah i mean i really like that yeah and then after that of course he we're going to talk about that a little bit more but first we have to talk about the weather which was very folksy Yes. Yeah, a bit country song. You know, it's got a guitar line and a kind of ethereal sort of fiddle in the background and a woman's voice singing. And it was called The Only Thing by Allie Holder. I liked it. I kind of want to go back and look up the lyrics on it. You know, the song was nice, but I think the lyrics are probably more interesting. I thought it was very soothing. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. But we come back and Cecil's saying that it's been 36 years since we've had an astronaut sighting in Nightvale, but it does happen from time to time. And Cecil wants to go into a little more detail about how long it's been since they had an astronaut sighting, but City Council has sent one of those empty-eyed child messengers to Cecil to tell him to get on with the important stuff. So Cecil gives him an iPad and tells him to go play over there and stop staring at me because it's creeping me out. (laughs) So the City Council is about to make an announcement, but Pamela Winchell, who still sounds kind of high, I'm convinced, is just like, hey, surprise emergency press conference, yay! (laughs) So still talking about the lights and the appearance of these things in uh, John Peters's field and they've like got these great big containers that are filled with corpses, which is like really sad, but also kind of cool. And they come by and they kind of, one person identifies one of the bodies as his great, great grandfather. I think he has a daguerreotype of him and it's definitely him. But the other one, they show a picture of her on the screen And Christina Alphonse, who's holding her brand new baby, is looking at the screen. Yeah, and she recognizes everything about her daughter's features in one of these. And yeah, so she she tells her daughter, you're a very brave woman. So she knows from before her daughter is born that her daughter's going to die in the Blood Space War. (sighs) Hopefully, maybe die as an old woman. I don't know. It doesn't say whether or not... I mean, the corpses had obviously been there for a while, but I don't know how old they were when they actually died. But also, it doesn't seem clear as to whether... Because they said the astronauts appear in town either to recruit people or to retire. So do people voluntarily join the Blood Space War, or are they kind of absconded with... We had an earlier story about somebody whose father went off to the Blood Space War, but I can't remember if they're conscripted or if they actually go willingly. It seems like it could be either way. It sounded like from this story that Eunomia, that the man with the mirror for a face came for her, but... I don't know if that rules out her joining voluntarily, because a lot of people talked about their leader in the Blood Space War, who was Eunomia, who was a fantastic leader, who, you know, in their version of events, has not died yet, even though she had died in Night Vale like 200 years ago, whatever, time is weird. Yes. There was one other thing we forgot about, that after Pamela Winchell talks so enthusiastically about how weird and dangerous and <laughs> sad and still kind of cool everything is, she unzips herself completely. And then this cloud-shaped Pamela Winchell goes, Pamela, out, and then floats away. I'm like, <laughs> what? Hang on. She always does that, though. Every once in a while, we forget that Pamela can do really weird things with physics. I don't know. I mean, she's just... She's not real normal, but I'm so glad that, I mean, lest we forget, she was the mayor for a while, right? Oh, yeah, Yeah. she was. And she took retirement rather badly. 
Yeah, but then they gave her the job of being in charge of emergency press conferences. I'm like, and now everything's fine. You know, <laughs> she's in her element for sure. She really is. That was it. That was the end of the episode. They did mention after the episode, of course, Night Vale has a brand new podcast. And this one does sound kind of interesting. I'm curious as how this is going to work. It's called Start With This. And it's a way to get people writing. They will, I think with every episode... They will give people something to listen to and then an assignment. And the assignment is to write about whatever it was that they were talking about in the, the section that you listened to. I think that could be very cool. I mean, they even yeah. said that one of the best ways to start writing is to start writing, which sounds yeah. like about the same thing with any art form. Exactly. I mean, what is it? There's a whole month where people, isn't there a month where people spend working on a novel? I mean, it's like one of those 31 days challenge over on Instagram for various pictures and everything, but they have one for writing novels. Can't remember which month it is. I could look it up, but I'm not gonna. But just the idea of just assigning yourself something and just doing it. You and I used to write a lot more fan fiction. We still write them from time to time. But I remember how much fun we had when you and I decided that we were going to write an Enterprise April Fool's Day story. And that was like an assignment. And we just started writing all these little vignettes of all these characters and what would happen on April Fool's Day on a day when they're trying to all blow off steam. I, I was really happy with how it turned out. I was too. And I thought the collaboration process was so fun because one of us would come up with an idea for something that we needed. And then maybe they'd be the person that write it. Or maybe the other person would, or like me, exactly. like suggesting something for you, and then you remembered what the real life element was that had inspired that, and then we both yes. worked together to write it. So yeah, that, that sounds like it could be a lot of fun. I think people should check that out. Yeah, and who knows, maybe if you and I get inspired to write something, we'll read it aloud on this podcast. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> It could happen. It could. I was just telling Catherine the other day, you know, our, our sister Hannah is a writer and editor she's written some very interesting stuff. And there's a type of writing, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of, and it's called Exquisite Corpse, I guess, where one person writes like a couple paragraphs, but they only give the last couple sentences to the next person who writes something just based on those sentences moving forward. And it just goes around and around or back and forth. And then you have this very strange story that ends up in the end. And I'm like, we should totally do that with Hannah at some point. But I'm trying to think of what it would be fun to do it as like fan fiction type of thing, you know, write in an actual established property, but we could always do it as an original story too. We could. Yeah. I think the only, God, the only fandom thing that all three of us share somewhat equally would be zombies run, which yeah, I think yeah. would have a following, but maybe not, you know, as huge of a following as some of the other things. I wonder how much Dr. Who Hannah has watched. That would be fun, too. That would be very fun. I totally need to get finished up on all of the current Doctor's episodes. I haven't. I'm a bad fan. I've but. only watched, like, I think three episodes of the latest season, and there's really no excuse. I just need no. to watch it. I know, I know. Well, you know what I have been watching, as long as we're going to take a quick segue. What's that? Well, so Hannah was suggesting Russian Doll, which I watched, and I want to say it's like eight episodes, and every episode is between 25 minutes and a half an hour, so you can blow through them really fast. I I enjoyed it. Oh, I did good. think it was very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I I've think heard a lot like of good it. things about that one. But then the other thing I watched recently was The Umbrella Academy. Hang on. <sighs> Sirens, everybody drink. <laughs> the Umbrella Academy, which is very fun. It takes... Oh, damn it, Siren. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's a guy who plays with the siren, isn't it? We, 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 no. We, we, 
<laughs> that no, that guy you really know when you hear it. It's like meow, 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 meow. Um, no, it's the Umbrella Academy, and it's very fun, and I really enjoyed it. It takes a few episodes to get into it. I I really thought it was very fun, and there's a musical kind of element to it, and I don't mean like they're singing. I mean it seems like in most of the episodes there'll be one song that gets picked for the action that goes on. And they always make great choices with the songs. Aww. I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's really, really fun. So um, I I do really recommend that one. Good. Well, I haven't been watching anything new recently. I, I've been trying to finish up something so I can post a book review this week. And the thing that I fixated on is from 2016 by John Scalzi, Miniatures, the very short fiction of John Scalzi. Oh, really? And we're talking at least couple dozen I think stories in like 141 pages they're all very short but oh, nice. they're all a lot of fun so I'll have to oh, post okay. something about that because I mean I don't know why I haven't read John Scalzi before I started reading his uh, interdependency series that he's got coming out right now it's just so fun I mean this is the guy who wrote red shirts and I haven't read oh, that yes. yet either so yeah I've heard a lot of good things about that one yeah yeah so definitely check that one out nice and of course, neither of us have seen Captain Marvel yet. Not yet. I'm hoping to maybe uh, try to go to a Alamo Draft House this week and, and watch it sometime so yeah. we can actually yeah. squee over that because I'm hearing good things about that as well. Me too, definitely. And then we haven't watched the final chapter of How to Train Your Dragon, but we're waiting to watch that when Catherine and Nathan come into town for WonderCon in a couple weeks. Yay! And I should be sending my pieces of our cosplay to you at some point if my element ever arrives from China. Oh, God. You said it was in Chicago? Yep. On March 14th, I got the notification that it had arrived at a sorting facility in Chicago and nothing else yet. But it was ages before I even got that information. So I don't know. Yours already arrived and we literally ordered it within minutes of each other and probably from the same place, right? Yeah, but it is coming from China and you got to figure it's kind of a straight shot from China to San Diego. It's just, we're on the right side of the country. So yours has got a few more hops in between, but yeah. God. It's getting there. It's totally getting there. But um, yeah, I've still got to sand and paint my elements and then I should and attach some Velcro. But we promise we'll do we'll put up all the pictures of this when we get it. But we're not going to say anything about it until we get it done. No, no. And it's definitely going to be like a sketch of the actual idea as opposed to like a finished project. Because this sounds like something that you could continue to add things to every time you did it as a cosplay. Yeah, I plan to. I think that would be a great idea. You know, every time we wear it, we have a little bit more involved exactly yeah this is gonna be fun but i guess it's gonna wrap us up for the week so make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews the comic book reviews the movie reviews the photo galleries i don't know what we're going to record next week maybe we will have actually seen captain marvel and can talk about it i think we should commit to that damn it we're gonna see captain marvel (laughs) damn it yes that's going to happen all right fine so anyway (laughs) one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later